What guides you? What guides you? See, for me, I have three things on my monitor at work that have been there for probably about 10 years, over 10 years. Let's just say 10 years is the how long it's been there. I have something from God. I have something from a friend. And I have a small picture of my family. And so when I was in the season of my life at that particular time, when it went on my monitor, and as my monitor has changed, as my office has changed, as the company I've worked for has changed, that still stays on my monitor. And so the first thing is something from God. And that is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know I have... For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plan to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Right? What a beautiful verse. They, uh, corporate America has printed that on everything and we buy it. But I give you a word of caution this morning. He told that to the Israelites and they had to endure 400 years of slavery. Right? Don't just pluck verses out of Scripture and just not know the context. Yes, He does have plans for you. They're not, a lot of times they're not instantaneous. You will have to go through trials. You will have to go through suffering. But he does have a plan for you and your life. The next is something that a friend wrote me at the time. And listen to what, what they said. Keep your head down and your chin up and your passion in the right place. Don't let anyone else's negativity become an event for you. And don't let your reaction to their behavior become an event either. Just remember that you only hurt yourself when you hold on to anger. And then, of course, this picture that we took at Easter, it's very small, but of me and my family when they were much smaller, much younger. So this morning we're going to talk about life verses. In your bulletin it says, got verse, right? Like the campaign that was got milk. Got verse. Do you have a verse? Do you have a life verse? What is guiding you? I want to ask you to take your copy of God's Word and turn almost to the middle. You'll find the book of Psalms. And I want you to turn over to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And as you're turning there, I want to kind of paint a picture of Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest psalm in the book of Psalms. Now, if y'all think, let me just give you a word of caution. I love this and I love to repeat it because like I tell y'all, every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday with us. Without fail, we have visitors, second time guests. It's someone's first Sunday. If y'all think the songs that we sing out of the celebration hymnal are hard, the first church, the book of Psalms, was their hymnal. So if you think our songs are hard to sing, how about one Sunday we'll just open up the book of Psalms and say, all right, now let's sing this. Okay, just saying, just saying, we could go back. We don't know the tune. They could be beautiful. I've heard several of them. There is one group, Shane and Shane. We've done some of their music. And they have a beautiful rendition where they just sing Psalm 34. And Psalm 23, beautiful, beautiful uh, songs. But Psalm 119 is indeed the longest song. It is an acrostic poem. And it's composed of 22 stanzas. And each verse begins with the same Hebrew 
letter. There are a total of 176 verses, making it the longest chapter not only in the book of Psalms, but in the entire Bible. Now listen, there are six types of narrative in the Bible. We won't go through all of them today. I know you're thankful for that. But there are six types of narrative. There are six ways that the Bible is written, and poetry is one of those. Now it may seem dry as dirt in a drought, But biblical poetry is different than what you've read before. The words don't rhyme. In Job, in Proverbs, in Ecclesiastes, which we read from this morning, and the Song of Solomon, we are front and center observing the spiritual life of each writer. Y'all, pain, suffering, grief. Let me just stop there. Church is not all happy, happy, joy, joy. There will be pain. There will be suffering. There will be grief. But praise God that there is blessings, that there is praise. Oh, and in this list, there will be anger, but then there will be wisdom. Interesting, they paralleled those two. I guess when to get angry and when not, I don't know. All right, there will be regret. And there will even be unique joys of marriage. Amen. Those, these emotions, all humans experience, but they don't always know how to express it. So when we're reading poetry in the Bible, this is the penman who's writing these words. Holy Spirit inspired penman are trying to give us a glimpse into their life and then to what was going on. And God is still using them, praise God, years and years and centuries and centuries later is using it to encourage and to sharpen and to bless and to spur us on to keep looking toward him. Through poetry, we can often find words to tell our heart's story. So when you read the book of Psalms, think and imagine that way. And so this morning, we're going to look at three verses from the book of Psalms. The second stanza, Beth, verse 9 through 11. It says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. C.S. Lewis wrote of this psalm that it is not and does not to pretend to be a sudden outpouring of the heart. It's a pattern, a thing done like embroidery, stitch by stitch through long, quiet hours for love of the subject and for the delight in the leisurely, disciplined craftsmanship. That's what C.S. Lewis had to say about this particular psalm. So let's quickly step through verses 9 through 11. Verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? Well, the psalmist tells us, by guarding it according to your word, to God's word. Friends, purity and righteousness are innate. It's natural to people. We naturally want to be pure. We, we should naturally want to be righteous. Why? 
Because we are made in the image of God. But sin defiles that. As I was reading through this, I tried to look at this particular verse in in other passages of uh, other translations. How can a young man keep his way? And, and I think about this, y'all. Sometimes when, how can a young man keep his way? Well, I'm a senior saint. I don't need to hear this. I'm not young anymore. Yeah, you are. You are. So Caleb and Chandler and Jaden and Taylor, y'all are younger. Start now. Start now. But listen, for all of us today, under the sound of my voice, you're younger today than you will ever be again. Amen? So why not start now? You're all young. You might be young at heart. Everything else might be falling apart, but you're young at heart. So the second part of this verse, look with me at the second half. It says, by guarding it according to your word. So how can we be pure? So you know what I did? I I love to look in, in the various kind of top translations of our day. Because you see, when you have Greek and Hebrew in which the Bible was written, our, our English words don't translate very well sometimes. So what, what is the root word? Right? Help me, God, help me to understand this. It's not that one translation is wrong versus the other. Right? But it's just, they're lost in translation. Love. I love ice cream. I love my wife. I love my family. I love God. Now, all those are the word love, but don't you agree that each of those loves are far different than the other? Amen? And just like in the Bible, there are different words for love. We see it as love, but it what love is it? Is it phileo love? That's brotherly love. Is it agape love, which is the highest love, right? So that's why I try to bring different translations to you from time to time. So listen. So so he's saying, how can you be pure? So the NIV says, by living according to your word. New Living Translation, by obeying your word. The ESV, which is what I preach and teach out of, by guarding it according to your word. And then New King James and King James are very close. By taking heed, that's paying attention to God's word. God's word leads to purity. Amen? Right? As we study God's word, as we seek him through his word, it leads us to purity. Verse 10, psalmist says, With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wonder from your commandments. So I ask you this morning, are you seeking God with your whole heart? I think if we took a poll here this morning, the numbers would be single digit of who is seeking him with his whole heart. Honestly, I don't think any of us could say that we're seeking God with our whole heart, right? Because there are things of this world, there are our jobs and status and keeping up with the Joneses and, you know, Sports or other things that are robbing God of His glory. We're not seeking with His whole heart. We might think we are, but there are things there that are tucked away that are keeping us from seeking Him with our whole heart. And honestly, I feel like we'll all struggle with this on this side of eternity. So friends, I don't come before you this morning bashing you. I come before you saying you're not alone. You're not alone.
Secondly, I want you to see that we are all, all, A-L-L. We're all prone to wonder. I know I am. Do you? Made me think of the great song, Come Thy Fount. Right? What does it say? Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart. Oh, take and seal it with thy spirit from above. Come thy fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet. Sung by flaming tongues, tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it. Mount of God's redeeming love. Y'all, songs are means of worship, not just on Sunday morning, but throughout the week. Right? I don't know how many times I'm going through my day or I'm doing something else and I wake up and the Lord puts a song in my heart. Right? And you might not know the whole tune and you might not sing on key, but praise God, there's joy in your heart because you're singing that song. Verse 11. Psalmist says, I have stored up your word. Where? In my heart. That I might not sin against you. So I ask you this morning, what are you storing in your heart? What are you storing in your heart? Is it anger? Is it bitterness? Is it envy? Rage? Or is it God's word? And is it love for God and for others? And then the psalmist says that I might not sin against you. S-I-N. Sin. That's not something that as I preach and teach as an interim pastor of Bible Fellowship Church or wherever God calls me, there is a word and it is true and it's called sin and that's anything that separates you from God. In so many pulpits today, when do you ever hear people talk about sin? And that sin separates you from God, but we're going to call it what it is. But where there's sin... But grace, but God, listen to Romans 5.20, says, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. The Amplified Version, I've never read that particular verse in, in that version before. Listen to what it says. But where sin increased, God's remarkable, gracious gift of grace That's his unmerited favor has surpassed it and increased all the more. Praise be to God. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. So there's no one in here this morning who has done anything, as our sign says before, a couple weeks ago, for several weeks. There's nothing you've done in the past that can separate you from the love of God. If all you do is just simply turn to Him. God, I'm, I'm a sinner. 
in need of grace, in need of mercy. So I ask you this morning, what is guiding you? Right? Do you have something that is guiding you? And so now we kind of get into the meat and potatoes of this particular message. And I want to ask you, do you have a verse that you cling to that has gotten you through different and difficult times in your life? We're talking about a life verse, a life verse, something that you cling to, that you just go back to, and it has gotten you through different seasons. And so this morning, I have asked several people if they will share a verse of Scripture that has gotten them through different times in their life. So if those people would go ahead and come forward, bring your Bible or bring your verse, if you have it memorized, if you'll go ahead and come forward, and I will let you guys share that with us this morning. Okay, like Chris said, life is extremely hard. It could be difficult at work, school, just life in general. The verse I cling to is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's what gets me through no matter how difficult my day is, no how difficult bad news would help or whatever. That's my verse I cling to. Amen. Mine is Psalms 25.4. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. The reason I chose this verse is when I was little, there was a garden stone outside of our door every morning. And as I walked to school, I would read that verse. And all the times through school that I had trouble or just bad day, I would cling to that verse. And it's true. Show me that way. So, Lord, teach me that path. Your mind's from the Second Corinthians, the writings of Paul, who definitely had a lot of storms in his life. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Thank you, Alan. Mine is uh, John seventeen twenty. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Um, the creator of the universe, in his time of trouble, was praying for me. Mm. Amen. My verse is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am reading John 14, verse 6. Well, I'll read 5. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, but how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. Thank you, Miss Helen. Isn't God good? Isn't God's word good? And so here's the thing. Some of them I, I kind of had to get this morning. I had followed up. I made some phone calls this week and asked a few people. But isn't it amazing, y'all, that everybody came up and everybody had a different verse? All right? But Chan's verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There was a video, I know that verse, I've seen it, but there's a photographer that I love and appreciate named Jeremy Coward. And he talked about how when he was growing up and he shared his testimony at this event I was at, that all the time that his mom and his dad said and reminded him, you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. Who strengthens you? And so I've tried to make that 
and apply that with my children, right? To remind them that, yeah, that test might be hard or that relationship with your friend might be on the rocks right now, but you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. My life verse at one time, as I mentioned, is on my monitor, Jeremiah 29, 11. But as I went into a different season, and here's the thing I want you to know about life verses, it can change. Right? Because in certain seasons, you're going to need to have certain things on repeat. Amen? There is going to come a time where, yeah, I still know that. I believe Jeremiah 29, 11. But let me tell you what is God turned me and he said, okay, Chris, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to pluck you out to go send you to use your big mouth for my glory wherever I send you. My friend gave me this verse in a devotion. And I love it and I say it. And I share with people and I share with other people who are in ministry as we were in Conway. I encourage the pastor's wife, look this up and take heart, be encouraged. And that's 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. And I learned it in the New Living Translation, which says this, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Right? I'll talk about that again in a minute. Thank you all everybody for sharing your verses this morning and fighting your fears and having courage to come up and to share those is something that you cling to because that's why we're here this morning is i want you to find a life verse i want you to find that verse that will help you in this season right in this season So what is a life verse? A life verse is a powerful, clarifying tool when it comes to simplifying our lives. A life verse is a short passage of Scripture that serves as a rallying cry to guide and focus the current season in your life or your life as a whole. Listen, Bill Hybels in his book, Simplify, 10 Practices to Unclutter Your Soul. If there's a book... If you've got some stuff going on in your soul right now, and there's just one thing I could tell you is, man, in the, we're, we're looking forward to 2019. It's, it's knocking on the door. It's right around the corner. And so as we look to 2019, friends, we got to simplify. Simplify our lives and our walk with Christ. Don't make it complicated. Don't make it convoluted. But we've got to simplify our lives. So he said in this book, Simplify, he said this. He says, My life verse keeps me anchored to the truth and continuously calls me back to the thing that matters most. Helping me not lose sight of why God put me on this earth. So really, really quickly, what does a life verse do? It clarifies what matters most. Secondly, it calls out the best in you. And third, it brings comfort. Hobbles went on to say, My life verse calls out the absolute best in me. It minces no words. Its marching orders for my life are blindingly clear. So how has 1 Corinthians 15, 58 helped me? Let's get, let's get personal. Let me get personal for a second. How has having a life verse helped me? You know how it's helped me? Because I write it. Right? There are times when I just have to sit down and I'm in the midst of something. I just grab a piece of paper and I just start writing it out. And, and, I, and just it clarifies things. Then I interact with it. 
right? Because I don't know about y'all, but the first part of that verse I stumble with all the time, be strong and immovable. No, no, no. Chris, I'm going to give you a little insight. Take down the blinders for a second. For me, it's fight or flight, right? That's the world I live in is fight or flight. And so often for me in the nature that I am, my nature is I'm not going to fight. I'll, sometimes I will. Amen. Some people have been on the other end of that. Righteous anger. Hopefully it was righteous. But, but, but it's just to flee. Right? To get out of that situation. And so I, I thank God. Right? Because it's like, Chris, be strong and immovable. So what's it mean to be strong, Lord? What's it be, mean to be immovable? It means to be courageous. So I write it. I say it. I'm encouraged by it. I'm challenged by it. But most importantly, I'm anchored by it. Right? It's anchoring me in this season of my life. Be strong and immovable. Oh yeah, by the way, work enthusiastically for the Lord. Right? Some people don't like enthusiastic people. Some of y'all don't like enthusiastic people. It's all right. I I love you. Jesus loves you. I mean, I'm going over. Oh, well. I had a member of this church that I sat and I talked with this week. And they told me something. And I listened. I listened. I said, yeah. I said, I didn't like you at first. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you came on a little too strong. Okay. I hear that. I hear you. But at the same time, I felt like when I got here, God had given me some very specific things that needed to happen. Right? On a certain timeline. And so guess what? God doesn't move in your timing. And he doesn't move in mine. So there were some things that I felt that were directed by the Lord that it was like, okay, Chris, we're not going to railroad stuff, but there's certain things I want you to check off. Small groups. Why do we launch small groups? Not... Eight people, nine people took next steps. They're here on Wednesday night. Why? Because the fall is a great time to start something new, right? The kids are back in school. Things are beginning to get back on their regular schedule. And so why wait to the first of the year, right? Let's get going. There are people that need to be encouraged. There are people that need to do life together. And thank God we had our small group, right? We would have missed the opportunity to be deliverers, right? We didn't, we didn't take the credit for what happened in Conway. No, we're just the delivery van, right? But we got to be a part of that and spend time with those precious people and to pray with them and to encourage them. So why is having a life verse important? Listen, another chunk from Hybels. He wrote a chapter just on life verses in this book. He said this, having a life verse is one of the most powerful tools for simplifying your life. Like a lighthouse in the darkness, it keeps you on course. It helps you make wise decisions about where to invest your time, your energy, and gifts. It motivates you to ruthlessly trim the waste from your life. And it drives you to live every day with fervency and passion. Really quickly, really quickly. This week we met Dr. Drum. That's the pastor there at Langston. We met his wife, Janice. Now, y'all, I took a picture. I had to share it. You talk to those that went. This woman was business up top. She, she looked dressed down. She was dressed out. But let me tell you what. She had on her sneakers. And they were bright. 
And I was like, whoa, check this out, right? Because I was like, you know, she looks very nice and presentable. But, man, she had those tennis shoes on, and she was ready to get in those neighborhoods and, and go help people, right? So she, But she shared something with us. And I said, oh, y'all, I told our group, I said, y'all hear this again on Sunday. She said this. She said, what verse are you living out? So think about life verses this way. What verse are you living out? Is it that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Is it that He's the way, the truth, and the life that you're looking to Him? Maybe as we go this morning, maybe your life verse in the seasons you're in should be John 3.16 and 17. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever should believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. But listen, don't stop at verse 16. Verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with a keyword thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guide your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Or maybe it's like my grandmother, Evelyn, her life verse was Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that somewhere along the way, you sent your word to convict me that I might turn to you. But God, after I turn to you and I confess my sin, confess my need for you, Lord, you've sent two verses and multiple verses, but two in particular that have been my life verse, that have rallied me around the truth of living for you and being a vessel of hope and encouragement, to be a Barnabas to those that you place in my path. And so this morning, God, I pray through just a a simple message is what we went over today about having a verse of Scripture to guide us, to direct us, to draw us back to, to encourage us, to sharpen us, to strengthen us, to give us joy, to energize us. God, I pray that these saints, that these dear people under the sound of my voice, God, that they would find that verse. And they might not find it today, but God, may they have a prayerful heart and say, God, send me a verse. Send me this verse of Scripture that I can cling to in this season of my life that will give me hope that will give me life. And so, Father, I pray now as in our time of invitation that you would call your people to do business with you. And, Father, I pray that they would do just that. This is a serious time for us to do business with you. So, Father, prick our hearts. Give us the courage to obey. And give us the strength to take that next step towards you towards others. Father, we thank you and we love you. For it's in your son's precious and holy name I pray. Amen.